You know football and you pick winners all the time. So why not get paid for them at my bookie? Bet single game spreads, money lines, or parlays to increase your payouts. Low contest entry fees and over a half a million dollars to be won. Make it so you don't have to be a pro gambler to have fun. Getting started is easy. Just visit mybookie.ag and use promo code ZABE on your first deposit to secure a double deposit bonus. That's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to get your first First deposit matched dollar for dollar, all the way up to a thousand bucks. My bookie is a proven sports book that makes it simple to bet and to win. So make this your winning season exclusively at my bookie. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah. Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years. My bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE. And get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. Today on the ZABEcast, Andy Poland joins me. We talk a little live PGA merger. Stephen A. Smith and the NBA take he must have bought at the dollar store. Plus, my enjoyment of yard work and home improvement is about to reach its limit. All that plus rest in hell, Unabomber. Your 45-minute censorship-free edition of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Monday, June 12, 2023. Thank you for downloading and happy OJ Chase Day. June 12, 1994. Where were you? That's always a fun game to play. I won't do it here. I was actually on the couch of the parents' house of my now wife uh, watching the NBA Finals when that whole thing went down. What a day. What a day in American history. This is going to be a freeze-dried week of sorts here in which I'm trying to get ahead of the game, get stuff recorded, ready to go for you guys in advance before I jet over to Scotland with 11 other golfing maniacs to play 10 rounds in eight days, walking the entire way. Yes, indeed. Maniacs, I say. You ever you ever see uh, maniacs? Maniacs. I love uh, Manolo on golf. M A N O L O. Look him up on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. 
Twitter. Maniacs. <laughs> this guy's great. Uh, Maniacs. Yeah, listen, you're going to Maniacs. Here's his whole shtick, okay? Maniacs. Do you have the situation in the life? Jess, because you do not hit greens. You're not professional. You're amateur hours. And you're smacking that shit chunky fat. Don't be nasty. <laughs> Don't be nasty. I think the bit is kind of running its course, but I love it. I could listen to the guy all day long. He's funny. Very good. Very creative. So, yes, me and 11 other golf maniacs, maniacs. are going to be playing. We're going to have the tour of our life. And we've waited three years for this because the pandemic completely screwed it up. We were supposed to go in 2020. And because of a weird confluence of factors, we couldn't just cancel and get our money back, which was a bit of a dicey deal. You know, the tour operator sent money out to all the courses in the hotels because we were going to go June of 2020. So it's just months before that the pandemic hit and shut the world down. Well, the tour operator said, look, the, the courses are not refunding money. They're letting you apply you know, what you've paid as a deposit for future rounds, for future accommodations. And we're like, well, fuck, we, uh, we don't know when we're going to be able to get everyone together again. And so you could say, well, I demand my money back or else I'm going to sue you. But how, how are you going to sue a tour operator over in Scotland? I like our tour operator. Um, I worked with him. Uh, we went back and forth. I'm trying to keep the group together. Had to add a few guys. I love the 12 men, the 11 men and myself. I love the group I got going. I can't wait. It's going to be great. That said, I'm trying to get ahead of time. So this is a bit of a freeze-dried week. Some of this stuff has been recorded several days in advance. So the guest interviews will not have any bearing to the local news cycle, which you may say, fine, don't need that. But I'll give you a quick splash here on a Sunday of where we're at sports-wise. Nuggets have put the heat in a headlock they're unlikely to get out of. They're now up 3-1 in the NBA Finals. Just better in every regard. Their bench guys are better. Their big man is better. Everything is better. It's uh, 3-1, and it's just about over. Same thing for Vegas over Florida in the Stanley Cup. They have had several convincing wins. This was en route to being a convincing win on Saturday night, up 3-0. But then Florida clawed back into it and made it a wild finish. Six on five for about a minute and change. And then seven on, or no, six on four because there was a penalty with 17 seconds to go. And there was a chance at the doorstep that Aiden Hill got with his left pad. Incredible save pretty much right before the red light and the horn. And as soon as the game ended, this scrum in front of the net, it's like, okay, let's fight. Everyone just drops their gloves. They're all fighting. Hell of a finish on Saturday night. But it's sad. It's sad because this is the time of year that I feel like the great roller coaster ride that is sports. Sports, sports, sports is finally rolling into the station, is coming to an end. It's been so fun. And now... It's over. Two more games, probably. And then what What do we got? We got the U.S. Open this week, which is going to be great for us golf nerds. But then we've got uh, NBA Draft, All-Star Game, the doldrums! Of summer are coming. Oh, and there's going to be one last round of fake-ass NFL stories 
because of the mandatory mini camps that are going to be occurring next week around the NFL before teams release their players into the wide open summer with the one begging mission to them of please don't get arrested. Just don't get arrested. Could you do that for us? Can we make it to training camp in late July, please? All right, that said, before we get to Andy, rest in hell, Ted Kaczynski. The Unabomber died in his prison cell. He was 81 years old, they believe, of suicide. For those of you too young to know the Unabomber, from 1978 to 1995, that's an incomprehensible run of... Do the math here, 80, 95, 15, carry the two, divine by 17 years, he placed or mailed 16 bombs that killed three people, injured two dozen others around the country, mostly to university professors and other academics. In 1995, before he was identified as the Unabomber, he demanded newspapers publish his manifesto a long manuscript he had written saying, if you don't publish this, the killings will continue. Both the New York Times and the Washington Post published the 35,000-word manifesto at the recommendation of the U.S. Attorney General and the director of the FBI. Funny because, speaking of manifestos, they have not released the manifesto that the Nashville transgender school shooter has and probably never will. You can debate amongst yourself whether that's a good thing or whether or not, hey, this should be out there so people understand how some people think. I I could go round and round about that, the pros and the cons, for quite some time. Kaczynski, who had attended Harvard as a 16-year-old, so he was brilliant, and earned a PhD in math at the University of Michigan, brilliant, went crazy. He had threatened to blow up airlines and other stuff. What was his big problem? The advancing industrialized society that we were living in and rampant left leftism. And he goes into lengths to describe what it entails. Things like, he says, for the average leftist, words like self-confidence, self-reliance, initiative, enterprise, optimism play little role in the liberal. The leftist is anti-individualistic, pro-collectivist. He or she wants society to solve everyone's problems for them and satisfy everyone's needs for them. The leftist is antagonistic to the concept of competition because deep inside, he or she feels like a loser. Among the abnormal conditions present in modern industrial society, wrote Kaczynski, are excessive density of population, isolation of man from nature, excessive rapidity of social change, and the breakdown of natural small-scale communities such as the extended family, the village, or the tribe. Which is only made worse by now social media, which is really antisocial because you're not having real social interactions. He wrote all this in 1995 and before. <laughs> I mean, 
it was like he had a crystal ball into the future. As much of a scumbag as he was for killing and maiming innocents, he wasn't wrong about a lot of this. If you have time to read the manifesto, I think you might find it a bit interesting. He wrote, modern society is in certain respects extremely permissive. Matters that are irrelevant to the functioning of the system, we can generally do what we please. Believe in any religion we like. Go to bed with anyone we like. Do anything we like as long as it is unimportant. But in all the important matters, well, the system then tends to increasingly regulate our behavior. And he said it was our behavior is regulated not only through explicit rules and not only by the government. Control is often exercised through indirect coercion or through psychological pressure or manipulation and by organizations other than the government or by the system as a whole. Most large organizations use some form of propaganda to manipulate the public attitudes or behavior. Propaganda is not limited to commercials and advertisements, and it is sometimes not even consciously intended as propaganda by the people who make it. For instance, the content of entertaining programming is a powerful form of propaganda. And now we have certain months dedicated to certain causes and things, which on the surface, you know, who who could argue against Pride Month, for example. It's fine in concept, but the relentless multi-platform hammering of this is the month. And it's not going to be the last month that gets dedicated to this by large corporations, the government, the media, etc. Propaganda. This is what Kaczynski railed against. But you shouldn't be killing people because you protested. He did get his uh, manifesto published. I don't know how many, what percentage of the population read it. Probably a teensy, tiny bit. There was no emulators of what he did because it required incredible genius the way he devised these bombs. When they found his little shanty in Montana that he was living in, uh, it's just off the grid, way off, deep off the grid. It was booby-trapped with all kinds of bombs and other stuff. But to be able to create a bomb that can withstand delivery via the mail and yet when opening explodes with enough force and enough ammunition to maim or even kill somebody. I mean, that blows my mind. Part, pardon the pun. Didn't mean to make that. That is incredible. But he's a scumbag and he's dead now. So fuck you. Rest in hell, Ted Kaczynski. Coming up, Andy Poland will join me. Yard work, I think I've had about enough of you. You're listening to the Zabecast. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you 
how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE. That's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo at checkout. It's a $30 value and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come lately's. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie. 
I've been working with for years, MyBookie. MyBookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know, maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. I've done many podcasts with you, Andy, but I can say that this one is probably the sweatiest and the most exhausted of podcasts. I just came in from doing shit around the house and around the yard. It is hot. It's not as humid as it's going to be, at least, but man, all this shit, it, you, you get old and you're like, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> Can I attract you to pod to uh, townhouse living? Oh God! Attract me? Put away the brochure, Bubbla. I'm in. Now, can you call my wife? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I have uh, no lawn to cut. I have no snow to shovel. Although, although I did repair a deck railing today with the help of my neighbor, who has a table saw. There's nothing like a neighbor with a table saw, I must say. No, that is so, nice. That is nice. Yeah. It's good to have a table saw there. So you fi- you fixed a dext railing. What? So do you at all miss any element of yard work, housework, or the like? Well, I mean, I do some housework. Yeah. I, I like to cook. I mean, outside the house. Oh, outside. Outside no, the house work. No, I do not. Not a bit. Not a bit. What percentage of men of our age and beyond who have gone to the much more easy living of condos, apartments, townhouses, whatever, what percentage of them do you think have genuine regret they don't get to do this stuff anymore? Less than 1%. <laughs> Less than 1%. I was going to say 15%. No, no, no. Look, I, I've got a decade on you. And... I mean, I've been an empty nester for a while. So I had a house for 18 years where I raised two kids and we needed that space and we had a little bit of a yard. So Jeremy and I could play catch and things like that. But that was no longer necessary. Five years ago, we moved from the house to the townhouse. So it's all good. Yeah. Every nice thing you have becomes a repair bill, becomes an expense becomes a maintenance line item that really your dollars would be better off spent going on luxury vacations instead. Yeah. I mean, I don't go to the extent of these people that live in the tiny houses that you see on the, the, uh, the home networks where they, you know, that the house is like the size of a, of a shoebox. <laughs> right, no, right. no I'm, I'm not going to that extent. I have a three bedroom townhouse which is perfectly sufficient for me and my wife. And the, we're the only people who live here. So it's fine. Yeah. And, you know, you know, when Jeremy comes home from uh, New York and even with his girlfriend, there's a bedroom downstairs with a full bathroom. So there's room. I mean, I don't really need any more space. Yeah. So today I just, I just got in from outside. I had to uh, just gently bury an extension cord, no more than 10 feet in length under the grass 
leading to the little garden pond that I did have to spend $800 from a professional to clean and repair and get running again because it wasn't running, it was leaking, and then it started getting algae and I couldn't clean it. And I, I gavolt, as you taught me to say. So all I had to do, because I have to get electricity out to it, was just take a spade and in the, you know, the very moist side where I put the sprinkler on for an hour beforehand, just, you know, open up a little slit, get down on my hands and knees and press the extension cord deep enough underground, six inches, where it's not going to get pierced by the occasional um, <clears throat> aerating blade from an mm-hmm. aerator. That's it. I mean, that's an easy peasy job. And by the time I was done, I'm like, <laughs> and I'm getting up all slowly and everything. And the feeling that I once had when I was doing little tasks like this was so different than the feeling I have now. The feeling in the past used to be of beaming pride. And I'd stand back and I'd admire it. And I'd say, well, now there we go. Look at that. I buried the cord. The pond is running. This is a wonderful residence. All right, let's go have a beer. Now I'm just like, Okay, it's done. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. It's done. Do you, do you, do you, now, this this pond that you have out there, how many hours a week do you spend enjoying this pond? <laughs> right, right. Enjoying it, zero. Maintaining it, 10, 12, you name it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I, if I want to see a pond, <laughs> I can go to the park. I can see somebody else's pond. I uh, I don't really think I need to have one. Well, in theory, though, it's a it's a lovely spot. Uh, you've seen it yeah. before. There's a little cement bench that I bought yeah. at a nursery, and it's okay. right there. You could sit there, and you can listen to the waterfall. You could gaze at the fish that used to be in the pond. They're no longer. <laughs> I'm going to get some more, but not right now. And you could contemplate life and take a moment to just well, get away from it all, but I don't do that. Right. Does your family do that? No, they don't. Okay. So so you, you huff, and you cluff, and you... And you schwitz, and, and you've got this Oof pond. And cluff, and schwitz, and I pay, and I pay. And Why do I sound like Jackie it. Gleason right now? And I pay. And you don't use it. No, I don't use it nearly as much. That's no. for sure. But anyway, good afternoon, Andy. We have some things to talk about. You sent me an item that I find quite hilarious. Jay Williams, former Duke basketball star, who is destined, I think, to a very good long NBA career until he decided, hey, I'm going to buy a powerful motorcycle for which I'm not trained on, and I'm going to ride it. And whoa, God, I crashed. And he nearly died, severely injured, fought to come back, did come back, wasn't the same, quickly ended up retiring, and that was that. He's been on ESPN now for how long? Oh, probably 15 years. I mean, he's he's carved out a nice little career on television. I'll give him that. But the story was, he's tired of ESPN. He he's wants bored. to... Bored. He's bored, bored yeah. but he wants to do a podcast. Yeah, well, he appeared on somebody else's podcast, and he thought, hey, this is really cool. You can just sit around and you could curse and you don't have to worry about going to commercial break. And uh, he does a morning show, means he doesn't have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning or every time he gets up to do this show. Yeah, this seems like a lot more fun. Okay, when you look into the podcast business, 
if somebody wants to pay you multi-millions of dollars, which I believe is what he makes at ESPN, I don't know if he's in the $6 million range, but I wouldn't be surprised. It rhymes with Illion, I bet. Yeah, Whatever it's probably it is, three or four. Sure. If you if you find somebody who wants to pay you that kind of money to do a podcast, or you can set it up yourself, and you know how this business works, and I have other friends who do this as well. Get sponsors, or you have a paywall, or however you do it. It's you don't just snap your fingers, sit your tuchus down, and say I'm doing a podcast. It just doesn't work that way. Right, and not only that, I almost feel like we have just crested the peak of podcasting in general. And here's why I've noticed there's so many athlete podcasts out there now, right? right. Mm-hmm. And many of them have great production value, great equipment, great studios, great lighting. They've got big stars who have only retired recently and they sit down and they're telling stories. And like we always say, Andy, a lot of the stories might be true. Either way, (laughs) don't give a shit. They're good stories, right? So you listen to the stories. But Mm -hmm. as you taught me a long time ago with athletes in our business, eventually you've told all the stories, Mm -hmm. right? And so I feel like there is a great shaking out amongst all the recently retired athletes on all these different podcasts. I feel like we're we're starting to get to the end of all the stories. You know, and with the more stories that come out, the less appetite there will be by the public to listen to them because they're just overwhelmed. And then a lot of these athlete podcasts, I believe, are going to eventually get exhausted like I was after digging that little small trench. (laughs) And they're just going to say, eh, you know what? I'm done with it. Well, if if anybody says anything of significance, it winds up on YouTube. Or if it's a newsworthy item, it'll make the rundown on ESPN.com. But, you know, by and large, it's a lot of fighting back and forth. Like, incredibly, Gilbert Arenas and Kwame Brown both do podcasts and both, like, curse at each other all the time and and fight. And, you know, it's like I'm really not interested in either one of them, though they, they now, because of John Morant, all of a sudden, right. Gilbert is, is relevant again, and he's going on all the mainstream shows, playing the role of, yeah, shouldn't do that. Yep, 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 yep. That, the guy, the kid doesn't understand. You know, you know the, funny like, thing, the funny thing about Gilbert is uh, a couple of my colleagues, a little bit younger than me, but young enough that they didn't really follow it closely. Uh, this is Kuhn and, and Butchie. They had to ask me, so what happened with the Gilbert Arenas thing? Because they had kind of heard about it. They were busy with their careers, right? Right. This was in the background. And when I laid it all out to them, you should have seen their faces. They were gobsmacked. Like, oh my God, that's so way worse than what John Morant did. Now, I'm not saying that John Morant shouldn't face some discipline, but I do think this is being blown up to the extent that what if the Gilbert thing had happened in today's social media age? Oh, oh, somebody might have had it on video. Right. You know, right. A teammate would have been Instagram living it. So if I got it right, and I hope I told the story right to the guys, I said, oh, yeah, uh, Gilbert and uh, and Crittenden had a. Javaris Crittenden. Javaris Crittenden had a dispute over a card game debt. Mm -hmm. And Javaris was basically blowing off Arena saying, I ain't paying. And then Javaris threatened Gilbert by saying, I'll shoot you if you don't leave me alone. 
asking for this money. And so Gilbert brought in multiple guns. I forget the exact number. It was at least three, right? The, the dispute was apparently on a plane. And then the following day at practice, Gilbert brought several guns. I don't remember how many, but laid them out on the bench and said, pick one, said, pick one. Yeah. Right. Because he said, because Javaris said, I'll shoot you. And in a way to sort of tell Javaris, you ain't that, you know, you ain't about yeah. that life here. I'll bring the guns for you and put a note down saying, pick one. Right. Holy shit. That was awful. And then I said, the team still didn't get it several nights later when they did the introductions in Philly and, and they come out to the six shooter joke, like, ah, ha, 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 we brought guns into the locker room. Remember that? Well, it was, it was Gilbert who, who came out with the, you know, fingers in the six shooter position and the players who were being introduced, including some benches on that team, like Antoine Jameson went along with team, it. They're 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 laughing at it. Yeah, that picture that picture was on the front page of the Washington Post sports section, which I'm sure landed on the desk that day of David Stern. And by that afternoon, Gilbert was kicked out of the league for the rest of the year. Right. So he got the rest of the year. Do you think Lamar? Do you think um, uh, what's his name for the uh, Grizzlies? John Morant. Do you think John, John. Morant's going to get a year? I think he's going to get forty games. Forty. Okay. Does that yeah. feel right to you? No. I, I, really? I think, yeah, no, I, I would suspend him for the entire season, but I don't think they're going to do that. Okay. And, and, and now he's saying that it's a, a toy gun. And I saw, uh, the, the Adam silver on, with Dan Patrick, and he said, well, it doesn't really matter whether it's a toy gun or not. The intent of showing that was, you know, a gun. And this is a guy who was very contrite and said he wouldn't do it again. And then two months later he did it again. But I, I think that, that the backlash of a full season would be a little bit too much to deal with. And, and uh, I think they'll, they'll, they'll settle on 40 games. But I, so, I would kick them out for a lead. So what is, the, what is the new NBA policy then? Is it if you show a gun on social media, you're suspended? Well, I mean, this isn't it's, – it's the first one was eight games. So No, no, no I know what I'm saying. Player but, but, B, but, player B but, not named Ja Morant – does something similar? What does he get? Probably eight games. But under under what under what rule? I I don't know. But but, but <laughs> shouldn't but, there be a rule that says here is what you can't do? Well, okay, but but you know what what does that mean? And and is there another version of that? What if it's you know shown at at a picnic and somebody somebody just happens to shoot video of that? I mean, how how does right. that work? Right, yeah, someone's so, at someone. You want know, NBA player X is at some friend's property, hundred right. acres in the Tennessee woods, and right. he pulls out guns and he starts shooting pumpkins, making mm-hmm. jokes about it. But they're nothing serious. Like I ah, blew that mofo's yeah. head off. You gonna suspend him for that? I think you got to look at the circumstance. Wow. And, but, but this so this it's an one, so it's an optic suspension then. So you're yeah, suspended but, but, because but. the league doesn't like the optics. But but this is not just that. This is the guy who sat across from Silver and said, oh, I, I've learned I'm not going to do this again. And then two months later, he did it again. That's the thing. It's, it's the second thing, you know, not not paying, not not telling the truth when he said he was contrite. Huh. OK, so it's also a you don't you're not doing what you said punishment. Yeah, I think okay. so. I mean, and, and, and also, you know, he's it's so, Silver's saying, he said to Patrick, he said, we can't just have him suspended and then have the time up and he comes back. We got to have some 
clue that he's actually learned something oh, here. Oh, oh, so so wait, not just the suspension, he's got to go through more rehabilitation? Well, more I mean, counseling? More okay. shame courses? What happens if he's out of the league for half a season? What's he going to do? Is he going to he's going to hang around with his guys and he's going to be doing more stuff, right? I mean, if he flashed a gun again while on suspension, do they then add games? You have to. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Do you see do you not see the slippery slope you're sliding down right now by going along with this? Okay, well then then what else do you do? What what, what do you do with it with a player like that? Uh you you have to have some policies in place. And this yeah, is why policies. I'm a, yeah okay I'm 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 of the mindset of if you have not broken the law then it has to be something egregious to get suspended. I don't well, think he, what he did was egregious. I think he was dumb. I think he was a it was bad optics, but there's a lot of bad optics the league's put league puts out there. But it is a violation according to league rules that he was involved with a league I think he was on a road trip at the time. Well, and, yeah, the other stuff complicates it for sure. Yeah, yeah, pulled out the gun. So, yeah, I mean, if he if he's at his house and he's doing this, I don't know how it works, but you know, guns and NBA players, it's it's not a good idea. It's not a good image for the league. It's okay. not not good. All right, let me get back to ESPN for a second. So, the other thing from this week, in addition to Jay Williams saying, "Yeah, kind of tired of podcasting." I I'm kind of tired of ESPN. I wouldn't like to do, I would like to do a podcast. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh Stephen A. Smith had a take that was just gobsmacking in which he insisted that Nikola Jokic didn't have a very dominant post game. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the panel was gobsmacked thinking, did I just hear you right there? What are you talking about exactly? Did you see this? I I saw you post it. I didn't look at it, but what did he say specifically? Oh, you didn't hear it? Oh, no. Andy, listen, this is a gem right here. By the way, what does Stephen A make? 10 million, 11 million, 12 million? 12, according to reports, 12. Apparently yeah. and, 12. And, and by the way, by the way, did a whole rant about how it's okay that Pat McAfee makes 17. It's okay with him. Oh. He's not going to get upset about that. Okay. All right. <laughs> right. I'm not mad about it. I'm just bringing it up, by the way. Yeah. Making sure yeah. everyone knows the numbers. Here was here was Stephen A. Smith, whose specialty, Andy, I'm told, is the NBA, of yeah. all things. Okay. I get you. Here's my counter to that. Jokic isn't known for having some kind of dominant post game now. That's not his game. Hold on a second. It's not his game. He's not a dominant. Is he a dominant post player? Is Jokic a dominant post player? Stephen A., we've got 10 years of tracking data. You know what the number one most efficient half-court play is in 10 years across the NBA? A Nikola Jokic post. What is it? There you go. Boom. Boom. This is the actual coming to life before our eyes of my dream show, Facts versus volume, because Stephen A. had nothing to back it up, so he started yelling. Post player, is Jokic a dominant post player? Stephen A., we've got ten. (laughs) He's yelling. Is he? Is he? And then then Reddick says, "Actually, as a matter of fact, yes, it is statistically provable." So, do you think? I said, "How does this happen?" There are theories. One theory is Stephen A. is spread too thin. The other theory is that he doesn't really watch the games because he's too busy doing all this stuff. The other theory is that he just likes to do stuff to agitate. Or no, what do you think? think how, how do you think he would say this 
in a sport that is supposedly his wheelhouse against the two-time MVP? I, I think he just talked so much that he just, you know, needed to say something and didn't give it any thought. And once it came out, oh boy, uh, now, now, we got, now we got trouble here. So pretty um, much it was take fatigue. It was like swerving yeah. off the road because oh. you've been driving too long. And you're like, oh shit, did I just say that? He, he is talking all day long. He's got a morning show. He's got the, the NBA pre and the post game show, which by the way, compared to what's on TNT, oh my God. Uh, and, and I like Mike Wilbon, but that, that show is just, it's, you terrible. Know, that's, it's just terrible with Greenberg hosting. Oh God. But anyway, he's on that. And then he'll, he'll not only, then he'll do other shows uh, on TV and radio. Cause as, as they call it, the car wash, somebody always wants him to come on and, mm-hmm. and scream on some other show. And then he's now talking about, I think he said at one point he wants to become the most famous television personality ever or something like that. Oh. And and so he'll he'll go on political shows too. He's got <laughs> really? political takes too. Oh, yeah. great. If, if if you if you give him an open microphone, he's talking into it. Just so, what nobody asked for, Stephen A's political takes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he does that too. Yeah, because he's 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 more than just sports. He's yeah, and that's exactly what happened to him the first time around at ESPN. He was spread too thin. He had a TV show. He had a radio show. And eventually they said, all right, that's enough. Get out. And uh, and he went, didn't he replace you at one point? Yes, he did. We're not going to go through that again. I've done enough times. The other thing is that there's no other him there. There's He's the only him in the building. There's right. no heir apparent to the uh, loud and gregarious but feisty African-American non-athlete. That's the key thing. There's no other non-athlete civilian that is on track to take over for him. Even, you know, Mel, the great Mel Kuyper had McShay breathing down his neck there at one point and he almost got him. Yeah, I don't know if it ever came to that. I think they they, they came to the conclusion that you had young versus old and you had chemistry and so everything went to the PTI formula right. and that's what they used there. But, but my uh, point is there's no other yeah, Stephen right. A's in the building. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and and Stephen A, he's always been able to wave this flag. I was a columnist. Well, there aren't any more columnists anymore. Right. They're 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 gone. So the the ability to make that transition from columnist to whatever he is now, there aren't those guys or right. girls. I don't think. You know, I, I, some of them some of them get like training ground on around the horn and shows like that. But nobody's really even. A, Emerged, Bamani Jones, I thought had a chance to do that, but he really, for whatever reason, he hasn't he hasn't reached that spot. Yeah, one more ESPN. Neil Everett going to be leaving the network after like thirty two years, twenty five years, long twenty three years, twenty three years. Neil Everett, yeah. uh, very smooth, likable, kind of low key, kind of offbeat. He was good. I'll miss him. Yeah, he was, and he did. A, this is also an indication of where Sports Center is right now because. What he and Stan Verrett did was very good. Very good chemistry. Uh, African-American, white guy. They worked well together, but they don't want to pay the freight. Stan's staying, and I guess he'll do it by himself or with somebody else, but they're cost-cutting. So they threw Neil Everett overboard. Yeah. Cost-cutting while spending $17 million on a punter. Go figure. Well, but, but, but that they figure they make that back because he's, he's tapped into something there that they want. And they're even allowing him, they're allowing him to drop all the naughty words he wants except F-bombs. Yeah, we'll see which, about that. 
Yeah, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> it's supposed to run on ESPN, and ESPN does run, you know, some programming. It's usually at night, but I think they're going to stretch it out and allow them to do it during the day. The phrase that pays in life is, well, that's what they're saying. that's what they're saying i don't know if it's true or not speaking of that's what they're saying this is my first chance i believe to run by you the gobsmacking live pga tour merger partnership takeover buyout sellout i'm not even sure what it is but the news keeps changing so fast this broke on monday morning after this podcast was in the can with me and you last week and the latest is What's that, Tuesday? Tuesday? Okay. Yeah. And the latest is that um, Monahan's going to still run the show and run all the tours, including the Live Tour, and he can evaluate it and kill it as after the year's over if he wants, which Although, I, I say to myself, okay, well, that's what they're saying. I'm right. not sure I believe it. Well, you know, Greg Norman popped up and goes, no, we're still alive. Three more years. Now, now the, the question is, you know, the, we know the Saudis are paying for it. You got to figure if you're paying for it, you got some say. Now, whatever Monahan was able to negotiate for himself, where he right. does keep power, you know, how long is that? Is that like an NFL players contract where ten years actually turns out to be two? You know, <laughs> how does that how does that actually work? I don't know. And you know, I also heard, as I guess it was reported by the New York Times, that they had spent fifty million dollars in lawyer fees battling the Saudis and another hundred million to kind of keep the uh the players who stayed pacified with more prize money they were running out of cash yeah the saudis go eh, cash what You're cash <laughs> right. we, I, we, I can't we, hear you as he holds a stack of dollars up to his yeah. ear we, we, i'm sorry we don't deal with the a number that starts with m we deal with the one b. that starts with b okay right. we got lots of b's here we got a b's that 650 billion dollars billion dollars does it affect you as a casual golf fan in the slightest? Um, when I'm watching the event, no, it won't. Okay. Uh, whether they start to potsky around with it, I don't know. Uh, you know, if, if they, if, if it, if now you're a traditionalist, let's say they're saying now, okay, we're not playing in shorts. We're not playing 54 holes. We're not playing music, but a year from now, what if they are, do you still like it? Well, I, I I don't want the PGA Tour to ever allow shorts or ever mm-hmm. play music. And there is a shocking number of my golf nerd buddies who seem agnostic to, well, who cares? Why do you care if they wear shorts or not? And I reply back now. I say, what if the New York Yankees wore shorts? What do you care? What, what if the New York saying? Yankees wore uh, hoodie light sweatshirts with their number on the back? Is that fine? They're comfortable. Well, no, I mean, it's different. I'm like, no, it's not. Slacks is part of the professional golfer's uniform, Andy. (laughs) And I want uniforms. I want to touch a class. I want standards. (laughs) Fucking shorts. By the way, the White Sox did have shorts once upon a time, didn't they, back in the day? They only only wore them for one game. It was uh, 1976, Bill Veck. (laughs) <laughs> was the owner of the team, and uh, and he was known for for wild promotions. But uh, yeah, the shorts didn't work too well, especially for sliding. <laughs> exactly. All right, Andy, as always, a pleasure, my friend. I'm gonna go lie on the couch, pour myself a cold fresca with ice, and then fall asleep to gentle golf on television, and call it a Saturday. 
All right. Yes, and I will have some memories of what it was like to do yard work. And that's all they are. <laughs> memories. Hi, right, buddy. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Take care. All right. That is a wrap. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to support. Go to Zabe.com slash premium and enjoy Fridays with the OGs, Scott and Solly. Have a great Monday and we will see you next time. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something, something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know, maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE. And get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag.